0: Hello everyone, Sam here. Quick disclaimer before we get into the episode, you might notice a difference in the usual audio quality. We tried a bit of a different recording setup this time where we were all in the same room around a microphone, so it might be a bit different from our usual quality. Other than that, it's the same nonsense you've come to expect, so enjoy the show.
1: JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, written and illustrated by Hirohiko Araki. First published in Shonen Jump in 1987, this still-running series is arguably one of the most influential cultural touchstones of Japan. But we're not reviewing JoJo's this week. And if that non sequitur threw you for a loop, boy howdy are you in for an interesting experience. Because this week, we read Scoob and Shag by Mystery Crew. We read pages 1 through 75. I'd tell you what arc that is, but suggesting anything in this acid trip is coherent enough to give names to the arcs I feel would be a gross misrepresentation of the series. We had a whole lot of fun with this one, so stick around and enjoy the show.
0: My name is Sam. My experience with Scoob and Shag, I needed to very deliberately think about the title, for one, because I never (laughs) get it right. But my experience with it, it's the experience I have with a lot of things. It's Jacob recommends it to me, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds up my alley. I should definitely read it. And then um, I never have the time to, and I don't. And then something forces me to, and I'm like, Jesus, Lord,
1: Jacob, you were right. Why did I not do this sooner? And then I scream it. him because this happens every time. <laughs> Jacob here. My introduction to this series is actually a funny, a bit of a story. We were just hanging out on Discord one day and in passing, Matt's like hey, there's this really ridiculous webcomic that I just saw. It starts off really, really bad. Like, I can't begin to describe how awful it is in the beginning. It's like four panel comics where the jokes are awful and the art is worse. And then it turns into a horror comic and it's actually kind of good. And then it turns into Jojo's Bizarre Adventure and it becomes actually legitimately good. And I'm like, wow, that doesn't sound like something that can exist. So... I tried to prove him wrong, and yet here we are. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Matt here. I had the unfortunate circumstance of stumbling across this on Webtoon. I thought someone was pulling a prank on me when they recommended this. It does feel like that. I've read it up to the current page, so it has garnered my attention. I can't comment on the quality, but it's definitely unique. (laughs) And how about you, Jay?
3: Jay here, and I have the benefit of just being blindly recommended this by my fellow co-hosts. So, yeah.
0: Sounds about right. (laughs) The thing that makes this perhaps even more awkward than when we did Kill Six Billion Demons is this is divided into individual pages instead of arcs
2: or books or volumes. Yeah, welcome to Webtoon. I'm not super happy with that format, but it's a nature of like how it's published. Mm. Keep this in mind for when we eventually read Tower of God. (laughs) Yeah, Webtoon has a thing where each individual page, by the nature of how like they market it, you kind of need to end on a cliffhanger, which makes reading them all in sequence kind of
1: annoying sometimes.
2: Mm. This one, not so much as other webtoons
1: I've read. This is more built for that sort of thing. One of the things that I found amusing, it's something that I I never really internalized. I never paid a lot of attention to. But while I was scrolling through this particular read through for the podcast, I noticed the at tumblr.com author signature at the bottom of some of the early ones. And I'm like, wow, I kind of already knew that. But (laughs) it's sort of interesting to see that. More
2: importantly, the webtoon used to be be called Shag and Scoob Talk, ah. like that was the original title of it. Oh, so it was literally an Ask blog or similar to that. Let's jump into the plot of this amazing webcomic, the deep and intricate storyline. <laughs> so I'll I'll just start. Uh, as we arrive at the first page, we have an individual who goes by the name Shag, which I can imagine is some kind of play on Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Quite hilarious, and he says, "I quote, Zinkies Scoob, like where are we gonna get the mail?" For these sandwiches At which point Scoob stares at him Blankly For two whole panels Before vomiting mayo All over the fourth panel Quite (laughs) hilarious I must say my co-arts Now I'm going to move On to page two Yes (laughs) Matt The the
0: first like Fifteen pages Are crappy Are
2: pure nonsense In all fairness As I established By the fact It used to be called By a different title This definitely started As someone who wanted To do a four coma
1: Oh yeah Yeah And I will say, it's sort of interesting that we do Kill... uh, Not Kill Six Billion Demons. (laughs) Kill Six Billion Demons, coincidentally,
0: also started as a (laughs) four-coma. No, it started as a forum RP, but that's different.
1: So it's actually coincidental that we did second part of Chainsaw Man right before this one, because... There's actually a bit of a comparison I can make between these two. There's a hump to get over with this. (laughs) You can honestly skip about the first 14 pages, and if you get sucked in by everything that follows, go back and see if you can find any meaning in them there. They're awful, but the story actually does excuse why it's the way it is later on. And in all fairness,
2: if you like the humor of the original panels, that does track through. It stays
1: very middle school in terms of. Of humor.
0: It is the epitome of Zoomer existential meme humor. Yeah. You know, it's Scoob, where are we going to get the mayonnaise for the sandwich? <laughs> Vomit <laughs> Vomits. Mayonnaise. mayonnaise. <laughs> mayo is Scoob's desire. <laughs> hey, Scoob, you want a Scoober snack? Rock you, Reggie.
1: There's a sort of fun compare and contrast because Chainsaw Man is is good from the start. It's just an acquired taste. So there's a hump to get over. And it's like, I didn't like that and had to do it for the podcast, whereas uh, Scoob and Shag is something that I, I... I actually fell behind a little bit. I'm not quite current, but I'm close to current. Why is this that's actually bad... You know, why could I get through this? And it really comes down to the fact that this is so much shorter to get to the part that's easily liked as opposed to Chainsaw Man.
0: See, what I was going to say is that, Jake, you finally understand what it's like to be me in that you enjoy something because it's stupid. (laughs) You finally understand what it is like to be me and have trash taste. (laughs) (laughs) The first 15 pages are four panel comics with self-contained punchlines except for like the back seven or eight, which involve uh, Shag and Scoob running from the police for murder or drugs or both. (laughs) Well, they're running because Scoob murdered a dude. Off panel, Um, he does have a gun.
1: This sort of goes into... There's actually an in-universe excuse for why it starts the way that it does. The further you go into it, the more... As coherent as Scoob and Shag gets, the more coherent it gets. The comparison
0: to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is... Not a facetious one. It's pretty obvious this uh,
2: comic went through about three stages in its life. Mm. It started off as comedy for coma, which actually the page it stops referring to itself as Scoob and Shag Talk is about the page where it turns into a horror comic. Which is my favorite page because it has my favorite character and my favorite (laughs) panel.
1: Well, yeah, we can just go into that then. This is where the actual story starts. It hasn't really started until this point. Yeah. And hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here.
0: Are you guys cops? Like, no! Dope!
1: (laughs) And he pulls out a joint.
2: (laughs) They run into Kermit the Frog, which is, um about as wacky as we get in here. Uh, it's the first time we see another character and he smokes weed and it's just like, hey, are you guys cops? No? Cool. Want to come into me with this murder mansion? <laughs> no
1: darts. No darts. Not allowed. The further that you get into it, especially once you actually move inside the mansion, the art actually also gets better because I cannot stress enough how awful the art is in the beginning.
0: It is you're just about to leave grade school going into middle school self drawing a shaggy and scooby-doo. From memory.
3: Yeah. You guys must have had horrible artists in like high school then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jake
0: and I went to the same high school. Yes.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was pretty good art, like for a sketch.
2: The four coma are what they need to be to be a comedy webcomic. Yeah, yeah. When it moves into horror, it gets actually exceedingly like graphic at points, which is pretty good. And then it gets genuinely good all around. Uh Uh-huh later
1: i want to save this for the end because we should you know go through you know like it eventually does get a plot like Mm -hmm. jokes aside it does actually get a plot at one point and the build-up to this is actually kind of important to it but did either of you read ahead after our reading point
0: i legit wanted to but i got to the 75 (laughs) I did hey, not. Okay. Hey, uh, hopefully, uh, none of my coworkers listen to this, but I was reading this in the middle of the work day. <laughs> I needed to stop so I could get <laughs> my actual day job.
1: Because, like, there is a noticeable shift, and obviously, the meta reason is what the actual webcomic was changed. I'm sort of would want to hear what you guys would speculate the actual cause and the story is.
0: See, you know, having read up to the point where we stopped, I have a inkling of what it ends Mm. up becoming. But when we first got into the murder mansion, I started getting vibes of my favorite genre, which is cosmic horror. Maybe cosmic horror is the wrong word. It felt like an early Resident Evil game in that you are in a creepy and dark and claustrophobic place and there are things that you don't want anywhere near you around every corner, particularly Mickey. <laughs> Mickey can go straight to hell and I will live a good Christian life so I don't get anywhere
2: near him. It's also clearly some dude in a Mickey suit because you can see an eyeball through his eyes. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
3: That immediately, when you told me that, spoiled it for me because I was just like... Spoiled?
2: You can see it in the (laughs) art.
3: I didn't initially. Neither did I. Yeah. So like when you told me that, you kind of spoiled it for me. The mascot
1: costume ear is missing a chunk though. Like,
3: I know. And I thought and that was
1: like a battle with Yeah,
3: <laughs> exactly. The point is, you guys spoiled it <laughs> yeah.
1: The other thing, me stickler for details, uh, one of the things that they sort of do to differentiate the characters in this from the licensed characters that from they're- From the Hanna-Barbera that yeah. they're ripping off. Well, <laughs> lots of things. <laughs> lots of things. Basically of everything. Hanna-Barbera,
3: Cartoon Network. Disney. What else? Disney. Nickelodeon.
1: One thing they'll do is they'll usually use like shortened versions of uh, characters' names like Scoob and Shag, the characters in this story aren't Scooby and Shaggy. Kermit
0: isn't Mi- Kermit; he's Kerm.
1: Right. Once we get into the mansion, the the first character that we meet after that is not Mick; it's, it's Mario. Super Mario. Oh. Super Mario, who gets <laughs> shot by <laughs> Scoob with a gun, <laughs> because Scoob just consistently has a gun. You Kumbas! <laughs> Goombas, what you shoot me for? <laughs> He does say that. And he complains about all the spaghetti sauce getting on the floor. And important
0: detail for you lore hounds out there, but the <laughs> M on his hat isn't there. It's a cock and balls.
2: Scoob's uh, dog tag always had the essentially just a dick drawn
1: on it. And that goes through for everything. Because once it actually gets serious lore, he gets stuck. He gets saddled with that symbol as being important. Or that's
2: the one thing that keeps it still vaguely. Because even when it gets yeah. serious, it's still a comedy. It doesn't take itself seriously. Yeah, it-
1: yeah, yeah. That's actually a distinction that I sort of need to make more often. I haven't done discussions with a lot of people before. I usually uh, talk with this sort of stuff like with Sam, and we have very similar tastes and ideas about a lot of... So look
0: forward to the over echo chamber. Where Jake and I just agree with each other for an
1: hour. (laughs) Now on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) The tone always stays very irreverent, but you know, it takes itself internally seriously. Like the stakes are real. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Internally, the story is serious, but
0: outwardly it is obviously satire. I don't think we need to talk much about spoilers if we're jumping ahead in the reading that we did. Patrick Starr from Spongebob Squarepants shows up and starts talking about time paradoxes. Yeah. He says there's no time to explain and then each subsequent panel is three paragraphs of the grandfather paradox.
3: Yeah. I was just taken aback because I'm just like this is like the first time I've ever experienced Patrick string like two sentences and just be like have it be coherent.
1: I think the joke is Patrick is smart is probably in there a little. There is actually also an in-universe explanation but that's a little bit off. There is some fun lore stuff associated with that. We're still in the horror mansion though because yeah. Mario just got shot. Mario got shot. Thing. Mick arrives Mick, air quotes, mm-hmm. arrives. Which, as we said earlier, I thought was pretty <laughs> obvious is a dude in a Mickey in a Mouse costume. Suit. Yeah, well, he's very obviously
0: super grungy. Yeah, disgusting.
2: But
3: I'm just saying, legitimately, to be honest, as someone who was not pre-versed in this web comic, mm. you did spoil it that for me. Well, I'm Matt. saying
2: when <laughs> I initially read it, I knew it was some dude in a costume because when we see Goofy who appears, uh, he's Goof, right? Yeah, he's Goof. But um, when he appears, he looks. Like you would expect Goofy to look, not somebody in yeah. a Goofy costume.
1: They sort of used the bad art as a plot point later on, but the art, I can understand why someone would miss that. Yeah. I thought it was obvious, but I could understand how someone uh, could miss it. And honestly... <laughs> 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 we're, we're we're looking at it right now it, it's uh
0: yeah no um it is so disgusting and repulsive it's, and it's so detailed it, it's super detailed and it is mick coming out of that shadow saying Ha-ha! i'll help you find your friend just follow me just follow me you know he says just follow me and i screenshot that i sent it to the discord and i said i'd rather not (laughs) and uh uh fellow listeners
2: at home if you want to see this image please follow at (laughs) over on twitter it'll be posted there somewhere
0: yes jay is right you know mentioning that you can see the fact that it is a uh, mascot head is a bit of a spoiler, but I just gotta say, I was so inherently repulsed yeah. by the art of Mick.
3: Yes, that, exactly. That
0: I would not have looked at it long looked enough
3: at to it notice
1: close that enough to notice, yeah. Because that's it turned
0: my stomach. Yeah. Yes.
2: Oh. Sam, uh, never read Frank and Fran when we read it on the podcast.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. I have seen panels of Frank and Fran, and frankly, I don't know if they're fan art or if they're canon. Definitely.
3: Either way, yoni Jesus. That, that will be a later episode. <laughs> I definitely encourage you to tune in then. Dear <laughs>
2: listeners, if you want us to read Frank and Fran, please
3: at Sam
1: Miller on Twitter.
3: Yes, please. And yes. even if you don't want us to read Frank and Fran, I will read Frank and Fran because I love the series. Yeah. So.
1: Uh, send images, says the guy who knows nothing about Frank and Fran. But
2: anyway, in case you can't tell, uh, even though the comic dips into a horror
0: aspect here, the plot isn't... It's still pretty thin. Because um, Shag disappears when they enter the mansion. He gets dragged away for horror reasons like you'd expect in a Scooby-Doo episode. And it's Scoob and Kerm with Mick. And it's just Scoob standing there looking vaguely menacing and Kerm
1: talking to Mick like... Hey, you're with us, aren't you? <laughs> Nick ushering them down a hallway and you can see the blood trails where bodies had been <laughs> dragged. Yeah. It is a
0: gore fest, it's a slaughterhouse!
2: So the comic really does lean into the fact it's a horror webtoon. It here, where basically during this like short arc it goes through, every single page ends on like a horror cliffhanger, yeah. even if it doesn't really make a lot of sense the plot. At one point, we see a fake Shaggy who's got, like, his jaw melted Yeah, it's off. like a
1: zombie... Like,
2: Scoob, help, help me, man! It's, it's like a lot of excuses to have the end panel be gore, is yeah. what happens. Uh-huh. Which As nor- I
0: said, this nor- is a weird webcomic. <laughs> which normally, I do not advocate for.
1: <laughs> you know, it sort of does kind of work for this series in particular, because... Like the whole time it's going through this, the stuff is getting like more real and more detailed. Like there'll be less panels of someone who's like garbage outlined vaguely in the shape of a character and more people actually uh, reacting to it.
0: This is about the time that Shag meets up with Goof. Mm-hmm. Gorsh, they come across a big door with the similar dick and balls icon upon it.
1: The arc symbol.
0: And Goof is coughing up blood.
2: Because this is still a zombie comic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because this is still Sweet Home with Hanna-Barbera characters.
2: (laughs) I wasn't going to make that direct comparison, but there is a lot of this webtoon that feels like, what's popular on webtoon right now? Let's do that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know what the dates are for those two series, but if Scoob and Shag cribbed stuff from Sweet Home, I wouldn't be surprised. It's its own thing. You look at something like uh, Hiroaka uh, takes a lot of inspiration from, um, from like Spider-Man and and X-Men and stuff and X-Men, like that. Yeah.
2: What are you talking about, Hirokoshi? Never even heard of X Men
0: before. I don't believe that. The place that Shag and Goof go—they go into like a—they go into a laboratory straight out of uh, Pokemon the movie.
1: You know, <laughs> it's full—it's
0: full of test tube Mewtwos. Except yeah. it's Test tube cartoon characters. Yeah.
1: Meanwhile, Scoob, Mick, and Kerm—they're really getting nowhere fast. Mick makes a comment about how the place like plays tricks on your mind and and is inclined to turn you around. Mick isn't trustworthy if you've seen any panel with him you should probably be able to guess that but <laughs> he's a dude in a mascot suit i'm looking at panels
0: right now it's pretty obvious yeah <laughs> saying things like hey follow me and i'm like i'd
1: rather not they also come across he doesn't get named I'm it's ass- barney rubble it's barney yeah. so i assume his actual name in universe it's is like barn, barn or but or something well, yeah. what's the nickname fred has for barney it's probably that. Yeah. He doesn't last long because he's doing the coughing up blood thing, too. And uh, he turns into an eldritch abomination, the likes of which Straight out of Bloodborne. Him. Yeah. Right from the
2: night terrors of Hidetaka Miyazaki. So to be fully fair, Barney Rubble appears for one comic before being the cause of every page needs to end on a horror scene. Yeah. Where he turns into an eldritch flesh balloon.
1: Yeah.
0: Again, He's- this comic is weird. <laughs> His mouth is the entire hallway.
3: I have nothing to add.
0: To
3: <laughs> I have nothing to add, gentlemen.
1: It's it's a fever dream. But this is also where we get another tone shift stroke genre change. The side of the mansion explodes. The side of the mansion
0: explodes because Kerm, Mick, and Shag are running for their lives, <laughs> as they very well should be.
1: They get outside and uh, Mick tells Scoob, I know you can't remember, but you have to hear the voices of all the people counting on you, at which point... (laughs) All the people are believing in you, Shag! Yeah, the power of friendship! (laughs) The
3: power of friendship returns, guys.
1: Imagine every
0: single Shonen power of friendship <laughs> monologue you've ever heard in anything that we've read and everything that we haven't but you have it's that also purposefully cliche yeah because he needs to activate his
2: power which is called a ballyhoo <laughs> which if you go google the definition of that word Please you'll google. understand why this is satire I actually haven't done oh, that. Oh, it... it yeah, you need
3: to do that.
2: Look it up. I'm going to paraphrase because I'm a professional who doesn't look up information while yeah. I'm recording. It's essentially a flagrant, boastful
0: display oh, okay, of yeah. like acting like outlandish. I like that. <laughs> Alright, that makes sense. But yeah, Nick says that to Scoob, and Scoob's eyes start bleeding wisps of supernatural power! (laughs) His key is rising!
1: And uh, that gun that he randomly had, oh boy can he use it? Yeah, because he whips it out, aims the
0: barrel down the middle of Barney's giant mouth, pulls the trigger, and there is practically a mushroom cloud of kickback as it destroys the entire monster. And it's at this point that I'm like, okay, I found the Jojo, but what? (laughs)
1: We haven't even got to the Jojo. This is the beginning of where it goes from. It Like it started off as the humor for coma, then it became horror, and now it's turned into a shonen. In all
2: fairness, we also do get my favorite part, which is at the end of this arc and the next arc, uh, the favorite cheating for backgrounds is group of trees or science warehouse where the wall is tiles, so you just have to draw squares.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's at this point that, like, while this entire fight is happening, that Shag and Goo, are in the lab full of test tubes, and Goof has started coughing up blood, and he becomes one of these giant eldritch monsters, and Shag just runs, and he gets through the door? Most of it. But he, get, he mostly gets through the door that they came through, but his arm doesn't, and the doors close and sever his limb.
1: I will say, one thing that I sort of find amusing, since I read pretty close to current, they're not super consistent about how much of his arm he lost, (laughs) because how much of his sleeve is pulled up. uh Yeah.
2: So Shag, as he was running away from um, demon goof at this point, his arm got cut at some point, and it's we get a flash forward in a bit where it's bandaged up when he's in a hospital, but we did skip over the fight with oh, Yosemite
3: that's right. Sam,
1: yes, who's only referred to as Sam, which yeah. obvious. All great villains are named Sam, so hey, <laughs>
3: that tracks.
1: <laughs> Thanks
3: Sam You haven't convinced me That you're not One of the villains
1: This is the second time We see someone Using a ballyhoo He shoots Kerm He gets Kerm Like right in the shoulder Right in the shoulder And uh, he shoots The gun Out of uh, Scoob's hand Do we get the Name of his ballyhoo yet? No We don't get okay. that Okay Not until uh, We don't actually
2: get told What a ballyhoo is Until Until Shag after this yeah. yeah
1: There's that brief scene Scoob getting captured It's one of those series That pulls you into The perspective of the characters uh-huh. the reason why like well. the reason why the audience has no idea what's going on is because the characters generally speaking have no idea what's going on even the people who actually know stuff don't uh, they know are much equally in the dark. which we get that when Shag wakes up in, in uh, the med bay in the med bay we get a, a nice big old exposition dump from uh... Yog! No, Yoke, not from
0: Yoga, from uh, Pop.
1: Yoga's is, is there. there when he wakes up. Yeah, Yoga's is there and takes him to Pop, who gives the e- exposition done. Pop, who is
0: Popeye the Sailor Man.
1: <laughs> and on the way, we get a huge bunch of panels of like,
2: hey, you remember cartoon characters from the 90s? They're all here and they're all <laughs> fighting a war. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the explanation we get, apparently all cartoons are actually aliens. They made first contact by like, hijacking uh, TV. Um,
2: it's like... Malicious than that. What happened was they projected TV signals out. Oh and yeah.
3: Earthlings picked up on and they enjoyed it. So they're like fostering a positive relationship, and they're like, oh. These people really enjoy, you know, antics. our antics, and from this enjoyment, they drew power. And this power—this oh.
1: is where we get the explanation of Ballyhoo. Yeah, through. as we are currently.
3: <laughs> yes, people enjoy these cartoons' antics, and they draw power from it. And these cartoons become super, super—they become JoJo stands, enthralled by this and the power and influence they hold. And they're less like, yes, with the power,
1: it, it's essentially,
3: they're basically
2: gods. Yeah, it's essentially D and D worship rules where if people believe in you you gain power and some of them do start believing they're gods.
1: But yes.
3: it's whether or not they actually physically draw power from the humans or the earthlings who worship them, or if they just get inflated egos. I think it's more inflated I, I, egos. I
2: think in lore they say it's because people love them.
3: Inflated egos, or is there actually like a power?
0: From what I understood from the reading, those who receive Balihu, if they get enough of it, people like, Bugs Bunny or Scooby-Doo.
3: Bugs, like, is canonically just a god.
0: Yeah. yeah. Bugs can
3: do whatever the f*** <laughs> he wants and he's but, amazing. But there, <laughs> there
0: is a point where Bugs ask the question, are you hearing them? And it seems that if you get enough ballyhoo, you, can, you get a bit of an Evan Almighty situation where you, you start hear. literally hearing everything that your fans are saying, and that drives him mad.
2: Which is why I'm kind of in the theory camp that in-universe, this is probably, like, some kind of god energy, and they're getting, like, low-key worshipped by these people. That's why they're hearing their prayers, essentially.
1: It is also worth noting that these tunes using the Ballyhoo—that's what they call themselves—they don't fully understand Ballyhoo themselves. They were in the process of researching Ballyhoo— when they made contact with another intelligent race, the Hanna-Barbera Martians, ultimately had to flee their planet because um, the Martians had attacked them. Yes,
0: the planet of Toontown. It's not actually Toontown.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is Toontown and Function. It's not called that. <laughs> I think it's just the planet of Toon.
0: And that's where we start to see the schism. As I alluded to earlier, people who have a lot of ballyhoo energy, they become the commanders because they're the most powerful. And they are beginning to go a little bit cuckoo crazy because they've got too much power. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm.
1: We actually see the Council of Commanders. It took me a couple of reads to actually notice this, but, like, you have SpongeBob... Who basically is just full SpongeBob character. Do you think they like jellyfishing? That's He's the most in character of all the commanders. I mean,
3: yeah. Betty Boop.
1: Well, I don't know if you.
2: Another webcomic we might read in the future is Mr. Boop. Betty Boop is an idol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't look that up. Please, for the love of God, audience, don't
1: look up Mr. Boop.
3: Look it up. Look it up, guys. Yeah. Listen well, to the dark side. We know
1: we know who the corrupting influence in here is. Um, <laughs> it's it. Yeah, it's me. Because if they heard that, then I allowed it. That's true. That is true. SpongeBob is one of the most popular characters in cartoons, and it took me a couple of times to realize this. But it's like, oh, he's sunk totally in the ballyhoo. Like he's in character because he's lost his mind completely. We haven't met Commander Bugs yet. He acts like Bugs Bunny. Like he'll play to camera, but there's not a camera there. Like he's, mm-hmm. you know, he'll turn to the audience from a panel, he, but he people... Will, he is he, Bug
3: Bunny. Just like he mm-hmm. is Bug Bunny.
1: He
0: will turn to the camera and go, what a maroon. Yep.
1: But and, he's not talking to anyone. And then he it's like, nobody. he'll realize, oh, I just said that to nobody. It's pretty freaking creepy. It's... We
2: we we get a thing that Ballyhoo is a corrupting influence. That yeah. A lot of people aren't happy with the power it gives. Most of which we hear from Bugs, who is admitting he's already too far gone. People we're... love him too much.
3: Backtracking a little bit. It's kind of like they were generally trying to make contact with another intelligent species. Yeah. This other intelligent species seemed to really enjoy their antics. They kind of fed off of that and developed this Ballywoo, and the Ballywoo took control of them to a negative extent. Like I said, power corrupts.
1: We are skipping ahead a little bit because there is one of the best moments of our reading so far uh, is what happens next, so... Definitely the best art. Yeah. Yeah. Shag has woken up
0: in the med bay. Yog has told him the bare minimum of what's happening. He's still doing the thing of saying a lot of proper nouns we have no context for, And yes, I understand the irony of me, the Kill Six Billion Demons reader, saying that like it's a bad thing, <laughs> but <coughs> moving on. And then we get Popeye, who gets
2: his lore dump, that we also then expand into. It all comes together. It's lore you get by the end of the reading, which if you're a good listener, you've already done the reading.
1: All of this is in service to catch Shag up to scoop has been captured. Kerm, by this point, has recovered from his injuries. They have- And become a pretty good soldier. And they are going to go on a mission to rescue- Scoob from the Martians and the toons who have sided with the Martians.
3: Do we have a training arc yet?
1: Oh, well, this is the training arc. We
3: have the training arc for um, Shag.
1: Yep, and several weeks pass. It's not hard to critique Scoob and Shag, but I will say, Pop, I think, mentions in passing, weeks have passed and your ballyhoo hasn't. Shag grows a beard. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Even more than Demon Slayer, time has very little. The important bit is, while Shag has become... A better fighter. He's not uh, manifested a ballyhoo yet, and even Pop- though this is shaggy, he is yeah. part and parcel was Scooby Doo. So you'd think he'd have a ballyhoo. So Pop is saying, if you don't have a ballyhoo, it's a bad idea for you to go on this mission. I know how badly you want to go, and because
0: we've seen a demonstration of ballyhoo, and that is a uh, a scouting party from the protagonist faction. Which consists of, I think, Dee Dee from Dexter's Lab, Swiper from Dora the Explorer,
3: Courage the Cowardly Dog.
0: And Courage the Cowardly Dog. And we see a very brief fight scene where they have another one of these monster beings attack them, and Swiper. Just styles on a motherfucker.
1: The judge's inspiration is obvious. That basically, if you have a ballyhoo, you have Charles Atlas superpowers in addition to an extremely specific superpower, usually centered around TV cameras, things like that. You get a power that can basically be anything. The limiting theme between all of them is they
2: either need to be buttons on a remote control or things you can do in a TV settings is Mm -hmm. pretty much it. It sometimes goes outside of that to other like film and media things but that's the general bread and butter.
0: If it's VCR era that's about the
2: extent. Really really Good rule of thumb is buttons on a remote control gives you about ninety percent of all ballyhoo.
0: Because again, they're cartoons.
1: I love the powers; they're so darn clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Courage why...
1: is on demand, and he can summon things. Uh huh. Well, he turns into things, doesn't he? He turns into a sniper rifle. I thought doesn't he fire the sniper rifle? I thought, I thought he turned into it because it's got his I mean, ears on it, it. It has his ears, but I and thought he fired. Oh, he fired it because it is him. Oh, and that explains it. So we're both right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was the dumber option where we were both right. Oh, yeah. We should it's, have known that. It's <laughs> it's, what,
0: it's Swiper who has product placement.
1: It, when, no, no. Uh, Kerm has product placement. Uh, Swiper is... His is not named in the page I'm looking at. Oh, Info is his power. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Info. Yeah, because yeah, he
1: identifies hit... the weakness of the monster for courage yeah. to shoot.
0: Yeah, because you hit the Info button on your remote control and it brings up the info tab. What is this channel you're watching? I know I'm skipping ahead to the discussion questions, but product placement might be my favorite. (laughs) Both for the meta commentary it allows, and because I love summoning random things and doing what you can. We've demonstrated the base power system. We have shown that Shag is growing more powerful despite being lopsided with only one hand. In order to get into the rescue mission for Scoob, who by the way has been captured by the enemy and presumably tortured for information for weeks now, Shag needs to either manifest his value or prove himself.
2: Right now, I just want to apologize. I know it seems like we're jumping around a lot just trying to get the plot here. I want everyone to know reading this is not for the plot.
0: It is a fever dream you experience. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is the way it needs to be relayed. That is the nature of the comic.
1: You're staring into the face of madness and it is a delightful ride if you're into that sort of thing. At no point does this
0: comic seem like it should work, (laughs)
1: but it does somehow. (laughs) And yet you
0: have spent the last three hours obsessively clicking next page. (laughs) The fight between Shag and Yog
1: is so good. It is
0: amazing because Yog's ability, I forget what it's called. Uh, simulcast. Simulcast. Simulcast, right. Yog has the ability to copy another person's ballyhoo.
2: Uh, really it, just stole that from record of Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> well, of God. <laughs> what he specifically copies is he copies a physical object that can be a person throwing a punch later on. He'll yeah. uh, simulcast Kerm's product placement and yeah, they use so, it to build a barrier.
0: Yeah. So like if you have an energy based attack as a ballyhoo, then he can't simulcast that. It ha- does have to be a physical thing. That's like Matt is grinning and snickering <laughs> right now, but it's actually an interesting, yeah, no, the, as a power. Yeah.
1: The powers are really well done for this mind-numbingly the, crazy the plot sometimes doesn't deserve how much effort's <laughs> got into them. Uh-huh. But that's what
0: makes Shag's fight with Yog so very interesting. Because everything Shag can do, Yog can do exactly the same and with more experience and more ability to apply it to a fight. So how do you overcome that? Shag gets real clever on him and figures out that simulcast only works if you can see it.
2: He does the JoJo's thing where he realizes this infinitely strong power has a mundane weakness that can be overcome by human means. Also, we get this really weird thing where Yog is constantly going like, boo-boo, am I doing enough by you? And yeah. it's just like, it's a really emotional thing, but because it's Yogi Bear and talking about Boo Boo, it's not at all earned. So it's clearly supposed to be satire. Like, I'm not saying this was badly written. I'm yeah. just saying it's funny.
0: Yeah, it-, it, it is satirizing the thing in shonen anime where a character will say the name of a dead Nakama and be like, am I doing what you wanted me to do? Hey, Boo Boo. <laughs> I know we're dating the episode, but we are recording this immediately after seeing uh the demon slayer movie (laughs) and so if you've seen the demon slayer movie you know the last 20 minutes of it you know what we're talking about
2: (laughs) it's undeserved
0: like emotional it's melodrama that's the funny thing it hits the note so perfectly that even though as matt says rightly it's not earned you still feel like ah
1: Boo-boo, yes. It's kind of going back to something that we mentioned prior where it's satire, but in-universe it takes itself seriously Uh because you feel that this did mean something to Yog. It's just the fact that it's Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. Hey,
2: like, Boo Boo, we're gonna get that picnic basket. And it's not like you know anything about this character before yeah. this fight starts.
1: It's building up, and it's really well done. He does the speech, and it ends with Boo Boo, and there's the image of of Boo Boo, <laughs> like it completely <laughs> deflates. Which
2: is also really funny because Boo Boo's drawn in like the original like yeah. sketch comics out when this fight for some reason cranks the art up to like eleven. <laughs> Uh-huh. Meanwhile, we get a hey, boo boo. I
0: remember you, and it's just regular drawing boo boo in the sky. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> what am I looking at? It's it's amazing in that regard. And meanwhile, while this is happening, because this is a sort of a flashback, current. I can't tell you how the timeline
2: works between <laughs> Shag's story and Scoob's story, because apparently he was climbing around
0: a vent for weeks or something. <laughs> no. Okay, see, what I think it is, is I think it's the convention that happens in in stories like this, where you have the present day of the heist is currently happening. Yeah. And the past of this is how we got to the heist. Yeah, yeah. And the real tension of the story is when those two things collide. Yeah. And in that regard... We have the how is the heist happening, and we have the Shonen fight of Shag versus Yog, which is amazing to say. Hey. In, in real life, that is a sentence I have said, and I will never not, I will never unsay it. But a similarly amazing sentence is in the present of the comic Mick has used his immense power to vivisect (laughs) several characters in order to free Scoob. Yeah. Because Sam... Yosemite Sam. So
1: my name, we have to make this differential. We can't even say Sam and evil Sam because they're both evil Sam. <laughs> we can't even say Sam and obnoxious
0: caricature, Sam. Because <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> but yes, Sam being a classic shonen villain is like, huh, this power is very interesting. I need to test it for myself. And so he is drawn away by that. He is entranced by the power of his opposition and he needs to go test his limits
1: then we do get a name drop of air quotes mick jump cut
0: you want to find
2: your friend <laughs> follow me I'm, I'm really not sure <laughs> mascot mickey mouse is using the mickey mouse voice Nothing indicates he's yeah, not it's
1: super creepy. That's well, well he but in his speech bubbles, he go he, he does, does the ha, ha. <laughs> yeah oh well fair. <laughs> and well, I think that's sort of the point where it's, it's like, like it's a really unconvincing Mickey Mouse impression. It is, but it's like you see the two round ears
0: and the round face, which is the classic Mickey logo and you see haha. so you go
1: ha ha yeah, you, you do the voice the reason why Sam knows that uh, something is going on I don't know what's going on <laughs> the other one <laughs> the person that Not Mick had sliced in half with his ballyhoo was Droopy Droopy, yeah. He had a scouting ballyhoo. My ballyhoo is direct (laughs) to video.
2: It allows me to see everything and make my
1: vision a TV screen. What Droop had seen was uh, the team to go out and rescue Scoob. So Sam intercepts them and we get, honestly, I think the best fight in the entire thing. Such a great fight in uh, Pop versus Sam. And that is it is
2: amazing, and it's motivated because Sam kills Heathcliff. No, not Heathcliff. Um,
1: Felix the Cat. Oh, was it Felix? Yep. Felix. Oh, right. It is Felix. Yep. Yep, Dee Dee's there crying. He shot the, like, bottom half, half of, of him off. I think there's some implication that monsters may have been involved in the situation where it's like there was a melee that happened, caused by Sam, but, like, Sam is responsible for it regardless. Sam
2: makes a joke about it, which is what really yeah. sets He's
1: like, haha, he's a cat. He's still got eight lives yeah. left, Yeah. Sam is really evil, and also the character, too. I'm never gonna <laughs> stop using that joke. It's it, too easy. I, y'all can't <laughs> See yeah, right now because this
0: is an audio medium, but I'm glaring at Jacob <laughs> yes. very venomously. I deserve it. I'm not apologizing. Get <laughs> yeah. Sam versus Popeye or Pop. I got Sam name, versus Pop. I gotta yep. name them by their non-copyright avoiding names. <laughs> He's amazing because Sam's ability is I forget what infrared. It's called. Infrared, right? And it allows for pinpoint supernatural accuracy with a projectile weapon. And he's Yosemite Sam. He's He's got got the six shooter. He got his six shooter.
1: Yeah, within a millimeter, he can put a bullet anywhere he wants. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Pop's
1: ability is uh, frame by frame. Such a cool ability. And like, this is just a cool ability like in any shonen context. It really is. And it allows him to
0: literally go frame by frame. He can stop time, essentially. Matt, are you
1: okay? (laughs)
2: I read the next page. <laughs> <laughs> hey Sam, do you know how to play poop on? <laughs> no, I don't.
1: Poop on your
3: balls. Ah! There's too many problems. Uh,
1: it's not even a pun. Yeah, it, it, there's there's like Family Guy tier cutaway moments. The setup so, to the fight is so, um. So
0: you have this complete laser accuracy and you have time stopping powers the amazing thing is because of the limitations of both ballyhoo they don't cancel each other out they have to play around each
1: other. Yeah. It's set up so brilliantly where you have the first bit of the fight where it's introducing what the powers are and what they do. Uh Sam uses infrared and he fires off a couple of shots where we get introduced to Pops ability frame by frame. The art is really good here too and it shows him dodging the bullets by and he lands this between by moving between them and he lands this like Epic punch that throws Sam into the ceiling and it's like my ballyhoo counters yours perfectly at which point Sam points to Behind him to where D was wasn't aiming at you. Yeah, and he's placed shots around her next one won't miss it creates this amazingly tense
0: atmosphere (laughs) because Pop it's
1: is. better than this series deserves. In because this comic
0: Pop. about copyrighted characters, <laughs> Pop isn't the kind of guy to let his
2: subordinates die in his place. Well, Izzy, don't make the same mistake this time, Pop. And then we get a flashback. We get a
1: flashback, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. The world-building flashbacks.
2: This comic has a lot of world-building flashbacks. I'm not sure how much value is going into each one, because sometimes it feels like they're put in there to make pages longer. (laughs) Um, Which, knowing webtoon, they probably are. (laughs) But um, So basically, it's apparently Pop used to be a general and made some bad choices
1: we move into the next stage of the fight where uh, Pop is actually using frame by frame to specifically catch the bullets in his body in non-lethal uh, places. And he uses that to close the distance and, and punch Sam clean through a wall. Because otherwise, each of
2: those bullets was going to hit, gonna hit Dee. D. Yeah, yeah, who kill is her. Dee Dee, in case we didn't yeah. <laughs> say that
0: yet. Yeah, Dee from Dexter's Laboratory. But yep. not, because we didn't say our full name. That's how copyright works, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, honestly, I think this might be my favorite use of a time stop power, like, ever. And I feel <laughs> almost cheated saying that, <laughs> shag, that Shag and Scoop gave me my favorite use of a time stop What's power. What's Shag and Scoop?
1: Yeah, you said the name wrong.
0: God damn it! <laughs> Guess getting... you
1: want to say Shaggy and Scooby-Doo, be... not Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. It's purposefully done that way. <laughs> it's purposefully done that way. Again, this is another case, though, where, like, there's an in-universe excuse because Scoob is the commander. Shag was his, like, lieutenant or something Yeah, along those lines. Scoob is the more popular one, so yeah. he should
2: have a stronger ballyhoo, which he does. Yeah. He
1: does. We move on from there to, this is the point where we're introduced to Bugs. Oh my gosh, does he get an absolutely outstanding introduction. Yeah, the, because the page is titled Fear, and yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, because
1: against all odds,
0: Pops has defeated Sam. Matt is, Matt is snickering at the ludicrousness of that sentence.
2: No, no I forgot that there's a comic in between when the, that part happens and the next part, which is Bart Simpson going to the cafeteria to get some chicken nuggets and then calls Daffy Duck a bitch. Yep. This, is, this is an entire page yeah. dedicated to this joke. Yeah. In case you were worried, this stopped being what it was.
0: I forgot about that. It's a complete
2: non sequitur between two really emotional scenes. Eat my! It's
1: not even eat my shorts. It's just calling him a. Just the word "bit" be- and nothing else. And then I, Daff chases him with a. The reaction kitchen that makes yeah. it. You know, we've already mentioned the stuff about how Bugs is because he has so much ballyhoo he can hear he the voices Bugs, of people. He's mother- Bugs Bunny, and like make can-
0: more iconic cartoon character. You
1: literally can't. Yeah. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> no. <laughs> mm <laughs> The fact that he's very clearly unhinged. He's not actually just Bugs Bunny. He is the character in this story. But it's like the fact that he's so unhinged that the Bugs Bunny character is leaking into his speech makes him even scarier. And there's just like these amazing shonen glamour villain shots of him as he summons his ballyhoo, Dead Air.
0: Which is ballyhoo (laughs) that gives me the greatest visceral sense of
2: The amount of art they put into Bugs Unleashing Dead Air Air is ridiculous. Like, it went up to 11. Bugs releasing Dead Air goes up to like 15.
0: Like, they were like, this is a solo piece. And y'all know I'm Radio Man. <laughs> dead Air is the most viscerally terrifying name I've ever heard. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I think you scared Jay. <laughs> But yes, Bugs' ability is dead air Which, uh, y'all remember the static For when the bunny ears weren't properly in place on your TV Did you just realize bunny ears, not? Yeah, I realized that <laughs> He has static
2: because he has rabbit ears Dang it
1: <laughs> Lest you take this too seriously It takes itself seriously, but you should not <laughs> <laughs> it, it is good satire. Yes, <laughs> it is funny
2: throughout because you need to know the genre after you get by the horror part. It it definitely wanted to go a different direction for a bit and then decided it didn't want to go there. It really hits its footing at the Popeye
1: fight. I'd say uh, oh, the Jack Yogi. versus Yog is. You're right. That's the first time you see Ballyhoo used against mm-hmm. uh, somebody a, like an actual fight involving Ballyhoo as opposed to just like a Ballyhoo ambush and still wins the fight. Mm-hmm.
0: But we do have bugs appearing and bugs' ability is. De- air which creates this static field
1: that because... It creates static in reality, which replaces whatever it's touching. It makes real life go away. It deletes
0: you. It just straight up deletes you because you're dead air. You're not there. Mm -hmm. And the space needs to be filled by something. Otherwise, what are we getting money from our advertisers for?
1: (laughs) How powerful uh, Bugs is presented as. Like, when he unleashes dead air, there's like the standard shonen shockwave of power, and he flash steps forward... killing intent. <laughs> and like he flash steps forward. It's a swipe that gets grabbed by bugs because he jumps in in the way of Shag. He's disintegrating. He goes, oh, man. <laughs> and that's when you start getting the time travel stuff. A swipe gets disintegrated and it's
2: implied that um, Courage had already. What's Courage's name?
1: I think Courage? it's just Courage. I don't know that they ever said it. There's no real way to shorten it.
2: I guess guess Swipes always just refers to him as, hey, you, and he's the only one who really talks of Courage.
1: They avoid using his name. Gee, I wonder why. But no, they both get disintegrated and appear in the past? I'm pretty sure the implication is that Pat's Ballyhoo, which I don't remember what it's called, but it's he can travel through time. I don't yeah. think we get told it now. I think it that's a
0: foil to pop. Mm. The way that it's initially presented, it seems like they died. It seems like they died and went to heaven because they went to the simpler time when they were
1: when they were happy
0: when they were happy together. And you know, it's courage walking into frame as Swipes is appearing there and saying, "Got you too, huh?" And Sype's going, oh man, yeah.
1: I think they think they're dead, but I think what actually happened is as dead air was consuming them, they were pulled out of that moment in time by Pat's ballyhoo. This is where we get a bunch of the flashbacks that actually mean something. Uh Yeah. Pat's ballyhoo, by the way, is rerun. Oh, it's rerun, okay. It,
2: it gets mentioned in the block of text where he starts explaining the grandfather paradox,
0: so I'll forgive you yeah. for maybe skimming that bit. It's Patrick Starr from SpongeBob SquarePants. Of course he
1: f- and has rerun. This is another case where it's, like, mentioning, it's like, wow, Patrick Starr is stringing two coherent sentences together. Yeah. This is another case where I think it's a matter of, like, the ballyhoo is corrupting his mind and making him act more like the character from the show. He might have been a physicist in tune before they discovered Ballyhoo, Mm. but now he's blending into the character that he plays for the humans.
0: It really do just be like three pages of them (laughs) explaining the nature of the grandfather paradox.
2: We do get a bit, especially going forward, where the webcomic just decides, hey, did
0: you want to read a novel for a few panels? (laughs) Did you want to seriously consider and think about time travel? didn't think so. Alright, here's us pretending to do that. Now just suspend your disbelief again and move on.
2: There's a lot of times where you see giant blocks of text where if you start reading, you're like, I don't think I was intended to read this. (laughs) Because it's not internally consistent. It's not like formatted like you're supposed to read the whole thing. Again, the complete opposite of Kill Six Billion Demons. (laughs) It's satire of things like that. It's It's of lore dumps. You're like, oh, look at all this really important lore that in most series doesn't actually end up mattering because you get told the
1: important bits again. Funnily enough that actually does end up being what happens because the actual important part isn't this explanation of how the time travel stuff works. That's just to facilitate the plot point. What we get here is actually an explanation from the commander's perspective what had actually happened and led up to war with the Martians. The actual meat of this moment is we learn at least some of what happens because again the commanders don't even have the full perspective perspective, or at least the commanders that we've been introduced to so far. Because Bugs finds a signal from another planet in the same system that Earth has, Mars, he makes contact with the Martians, and he wants to bring this information to the other commanders.
0: As in Marvin the Martian, yes. Yeah.
1: He had had brief communications with them and was saying, let me introduce you to my people.
0: It was very surface level. It was very much, we are both interplanetary civilizations. Let's say hi to each other.
1: Unfortunately, when they finally do get to that actual meet and greet with both like full councils, when they open the transmission, the Martians are under attack by some kind of strange monsters that they don't understand where they came from.
0: They are screaming for help. They are wailing. In agony, it is heart-rending for everything that the stomach can do to make things (laughs) heart-rending.
1: And it's like this attack gets blamed on Toon and that instigates the Martians to flee whatever was attacking them. To go to Toon, I know more of the story, but it presumably revenge. The Martians blame Toon for these monsters for some reason that does a lot to catch us up and like you you see a lot of um you know and this is the case where like some of the pathos is actually earned because bugs's character is really well done he's empathetic he's pragmatic um but like he cares about people and he tries to help at every turn and yet everything goes wrong the ballyhoo is creeping into his mind and you can see how he gets to the place he is in the present day. Which,
2: I, I should point, this flashback is being intercut over, it's about like a page of flashback, a page of Scoob and Bugs having
1: a real epic fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An amazing anime fight. It doesn't, I don't think, use the powers as well. It's one of those like action set piece. It's a set piece to stop you from getting
2: bored of a lore dump week after week after week. <laughs> yeah. So, it doesn't have the same joy that the Popeye versus, or the Pop versus Sam fight had. They're the centerpiece. They're explaining the fight going along. Yeah. So, you're having that, like, mental battle alongside the action set pieces. This is the action set piece to go with the, like, deep lordom. This is, like, multiple weeks of webcomic releases.
1: Even if it wasn't multiple weeks of webcomics, the other thing that this does, and part of the reason why I say the pathos is so earned, is the talking in the fight isn't discussing strategy. It's Scoob has lost his memories. And we see in the flashbacks, Bugs and Scoob were extremely close friends. Like, they were, like, brothers. And Bugs is out of his mind-violent crazy which is not great for a friendship. Scoob has amnesia. It's not great for a friendship. They're on opposing sides for almost completely circumstantial reasons. Like, Bugs has more motivation because he feels responsible for what happened to the Martians, so he's siding with them out of guilt.
0: But they are fighting for reasons beyond either of their control for how godlike they are.
1: And, And to some extent, even their understanding, because they don't really totally understand how they got here. There's a moment where, like, Bugs is in total control of this fight because he has all of his memories. He knows all about how to use his ballyhoo. He knows Scoob's ballyhoo the way that you would know someone that you fought shoulder to shoulder with. You know, Bugs keeps asking, why are you hesitating? I not you go all out. We haven't mentioned Scoob's ballyhoo. It's channel. It, yeah, it's a really cool power.
2: I also think it's, in canon, one of the strongest ballyhoos.
0: Yeah. He, he can infuse Ballyhoo energy into any weapon to make it monstrously more powerful.
1: Yeah, it is both and it's both physical and energy, so it has very few weaknesses. I think the top three, at least as far as I've read, the top three are Bugs, uh, Scoob, and a character that we will get to at the end of where we read. And
2: the thing about Scoob and Bugs is, is they actually cancel each other out. Yeah. Like, he destroys everything. Scoob
0: Puts energy into everything.
1: Yeah, and and it's like dead air is absorbing the Ballyhoo energy, but the Ballyhoo energy is constantly being produced. So that's why, like, Scoob had the gun. And it's like, that's the reason why in the earlier bits, he's pulling out a gun at random, like in universe anyway. He's not Scooby-Doo with a gun. He's Scoob with something that he was carrying from his commander days. It's very clever paving over some of the the dumb in the beginning. It's just explaining the... yeah.
0: But it does lead to the moment where Scoob is on the ropes and he's about to be defeated. And Bugs is like, why are you holding back? Why are you hesitating? And Scoob says, I don't know.
1: Well, he says, Right, row row, but
0: I feel that, though, it's like this emotional moment of, you know, this is your friend. You don't know why,
1: but you can't harm them. This comic is earning things it doesn't fucking deserve. Yeah, (laughs) it's interesting. Once you get to Shag versus Yog, at that point, I don't really have that much of a problem recommending it because, like, even when it does dumb things, it's to remind you that it's a parody.
2: You'll occasionally just get an entire panel of a joke, which we have one coming up, which I really (laughs) want to talk about because I love.
1: I believe it's at at this point, the fight kind of gets derailed, right? It's kind of a little hard to keep track because you've
2: still got that flashback happening. Yeah. It's kind of hard to follow. I'm not gonna
1: lie. This webcomic's a fever dream. (laughs) You just want to enjoy the ride. There's chaos within the fighting. The webcomic is also inherently insane. And also, it's just fun, so...
0: I'm just gonna say it this webcomic is perfectly paced for you and the boys having drinks (laughs) putting this up on the big screen and clicking through the panels while you're continuously drinking you go from sober the stupid panels to kind of buzz the horror comic to smashed in the shonen (laughs) mangas. it is Perfectly paced in that regard.
2: (laughs) So at at this point, we cut back to uh, Shag with Mick. Inner cut. We kind of don't get that story updated for, I think, about 15 to 20 pages at this point. So if you forgot this happened, you're forgiven because that was probably about like
0: 15 weeks. Mick got Scoob out of the, like, torture chamber and they were crawling through the vents Metal Gear style.
1: And then Scoob fought... Wait, hold on. Yeah, why is Mick with Shag? Okay, so yeah, this actually you can track what's going on. It's just, it's Scoob and Shag, so why are you. I dedicated the brain power to this because I'm insane. <laughs> um, so what happens is when Mick and Scoob are together, we find out basically at this point that this Mick is even more duplicitous than you realize, and you already don't trust him. He specifically. Gets Scoob out and then sends him towards the fight. Meanwhile, because Shag had had said something that set Bugs off. Bugs was going after Shag and that's when Swipe jumped in the way to protect him and told him to run. Guy in the Mick costume was orchestrating, basically using Scoop as a distraction for Bugs and getting Shag away from everyone else.
2: We get a really funny scene where Guy in the Mickey costume goes like, give me the thing you got earlier from Goofy, which was a picture of
0: Goku, which was very clearly <laughs> a joke. Yeah. I forgot about it! I forgot about the it! Picture. It's, a, it's a picture of Son Goku, framed saying, this will show you the way. <laughs> which, like... Even in universe doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> These are all Western cartoons. This is Hanna Barbera. This is cartoon. Oh, I, I I, Fox. I mean, there's no anime in this.
2: I mean, the lore of what we then get told was that a key card had been hidden in the frame, because it's like. <laughs>
1: Why? Why?
2: It's so they could reference that joke again, so you could be reminded this is
0: satire. It's a key card. Because it... It's a key card. Because at no point
1: does it pretend... Oh, I get it. I didn't get it. Oh, I hate it even more. It's a key card.
0: K-I. K-I key card.
2: I want to I wanna say you're reading into things too deeply, but that probably isn't true. <laughs> Anyway, it's dumb. He doesn't want to give Mick the card. Why would you trust him at this point? He takes it anyway. Like, there's no real fight about it. He just takes it and he doesn't put up a fight because we need to go to the next scene, which is he Uh, threatens him.
1: Yeah, well, he threatens him. The fight between Scoob and Bugs distracts them both because it blasts through a wall, at which point the guy in the Mickey Mouse costume uses his ballyhoo on Shag jump cut to slash him. It's like it's actually pretty well drawn picture of goku the initial joke was that like son goku will save the day or something like that breaks the picture frame and takes the key card out like honestly really well done he's able to open the door to the third level because it's explained that there's three levels to the ship Um, this
0: is a spaceship by the way the president of the united states gets oh, no no attacked. hold on hold on i want to talk about that specifically
2: <laughs> but um before we get to that scene and i will go into this uh, a little meta thing right here is where the author started his uh, patreon And as a $5 a month bonus, you get your little character added to the end of each page. Yeah. And for these five pages or so after it started, which the other two have read, great. What me and Jacob read into the future, (laughs) there are so many donators. Like, it's easily half of pages at point. Like,
1: you could charge more. If you get a short page, it can be like two thirds of the actual page length is just pictures of Patreon. Shoutouts
0: Which is your name and then a drawing
1: of your choice It's not even your OC,
0: it's generally one of the characters
1: It, it Or Jotaro Kujo or something like it that It
2: gets to be insane <laughs> Luckily what we read is cute and a nice distraction It, it fills up <laughs> Anyway, we get a great panel Where the President of the United States is about to launch nukes we can assume
1: on tune. We're not clarified that. I think, no, at the spaceship. Yeah, I thought of the spaceship. We glossed over the fact that we're on a spaceship because it's like, weren't they in a mansion before? The mansion was um Illusory. We had been following Scoob, Shag, and Kerm. They didn't know what was going on, and like their minds imagined this ship that they came from as being a creepy murder mansion because something had happened. To the- like you know, why can't Scoob remember anything? Part of the effect of that caused him to project this mansion onto the ship.
2: But anyway, fun part. The president is about to launch nukes at the ship. He's about to press the big, the big red one. Button. The big one. And suddenly, an assailant crashes through the lighthouse window. And it is Garfield dressed like a speck ops It's Splinter Cell Garfield. Who, Secret Service agent, is about to shoot Garfield. And he uses his ballyhoo, picture in picture, to open a portal that launches the guy
1: out. and is pulls Into out like a, a desert or something. Yeah,
2: and he pulls out a gun, is about to shoot the president in the head. But then he gets a call in his ear from olive oil. You don't want to do that.
1: We still need him. Copy that. But that doesn't say put the gun down.
2: The comic ends with just the president looking at Garfield, pointing a gun in his head. (laughs) There's a pregnant pause, and then Garfield just goes, so, um... You keep any snacks in that desk? <laughs> <Good> <laughs>
3: Garfield fashion. Tonya. In case
2: you forgot this was a, a comedy comic with all the deep lore we've been going through, it needs to remind you, and good thing, because <laughs> my deepest fear is any of you
0: dear listeners, take this too seriously. Yeah, y- uh, Jake and I are being complete freaking nerds I, taking see, this very seriously. I like the lore. I like the lore. Don't take this seriously, though. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm going to d- do it. You guys actually would not qualify as being the cowards because you were not in this... None of you are in this uh, particular fandom. But all y'all are cowards for not admitting this? You should take this about as seriously as you take the Warcraft lore.
1: <laughs> well, that's a hot take.
2: We get to page 74 we're already at. Yeah. Of the 75 we read. Unfortunately, these last two pages have a
0: lot of happening. Why? <laughs> There's so much happening. This is gonna be another like ten minutes.
1: <laughs> the fight got broken up by an explosion, and the explosion was caused by the uh, third of the top three. Mick has arrived. The only character that has any color associated with him, because his ballyhoo and his uh, irises are bright red. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're all
0: thinking, wait, haven't we seen Mick beforehand? No, we haven't, because in the chaos that ensued. The make the make that, that we've been following, the the mascot head falls off. It it's Shag. I feel
3: like to.
2: Shag, with a beard, with a much thicker beard than even like regular Shag, who's got like the goatee. Slightly more scruff.
1: Was how we knew the weeks passed. Yeah, and like the other thing that's sort of fun about like the it tone just of it floats, all floats T posing to establish oh, yeah, dominance. Yeah. He and, really does. And then Beardo Shag, the Shag that was in the Mick costume, like he's so serious. Like he's serious to a hilarious degree. He's he is an
0: actual Metal Gear Solid character. Kojima himself wrote this man because <laughs> he has a power that doesn't make sense even when you do think about it. In terms of the in-universe lore. I'm being hyperbolic. His power does make a lot of sense. But he's got inscrutable reasons for doing the things that he does that even if you know everything, you still don't know why he does what he does. And Matt and Jake are both just looking at me right now. <laughs> well, no, and, I you uh, sweet summer child kind of like... I just had to reconfirm what we know about Mick, with,
2: so that we don't me.
1: say extra what, stuff. Like,
2: but what we know from Mick is he is infinitely more powerful than Scoob. He
0: one shot Sam.
3: He's the OG. You don't oh, understand yeah.
0: because, like I said before, name a more well loved cartoon character than Bugs Bunny, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Like as we were saying, Bugs
2: has started going like visibly crazy. Scoob kind of tried to avoid it is implied at the very least buck.
1: like he just well did. it's like a lot of the early stupid stuff like the rucky raggy and and stuff he's fighting it like yeah. that's the reason why he acts the way he does the deadpan is really funny he's fighting the madness that's well, starting to but, take him but the
2: problem is bugs is also fighting the madness because he he's uncontrolled slipping at this point
1: yeah mickey
2: has succumbed to the madness and, and gone out on the, the other side, side of yeah. like he no longer pretends to be his character. He is absorbed with the power of a god.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think Bug sees himself as a god. Mick definitely sees himself as a literal, actual god. Even
2: worse than that, though, Mickey, the only thing we hear from him in these the pa- the page we see of him is he is wondering why Scoob isn't like all there. And then the only other things we hear him ask is, can he still hear the voices? When he found out Scoob had his memory taken Yeah. Because that's all he cares about, is the
0: endless chatter in his head stopping. So don't buy Epic Mickey for the Wii.
2: (laughs) I think uh, everyone did that for us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're introduced to his Ballyhoo Power. power
0: power is everything shag without it you can't protect anything let alone yourself that is the end of our reading
1: that is the end of our reading basically the point where we leave it off at is is the we, shags are about to fight the shags are about the shags to fight shags are about to shag Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, that is, indeed a, that is indeed a thing that you're about to. Um, I've read that dojo. Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, I no, no, no. That There's still a little, bit, a little bit of the flashbacks cutting back, and we're presented with the idea that Mick has arrived. He is more powerful than basically everyone else there combined. He's the only one who has even a slight idea of what's going on. And we also learn, because I think the last flashback that we get is we get an explanation of why there are the two shags. Mick shows Beardo shag the one we have not been following shows him the cloning chambers
0: that actually happened a bit earlier but yeah
1: oh was it a little yeah. earlier but yeah, yeah it's it's around it's this point
0: was cloning shag because he couldn't be without his buddy
2: yeah it's a little hard the flashbacks are kind of just interspersed.
1: yeah it's i think it's it's well cut when you read it but it's hard to describe really i think that that is the best
0: way that we could possibly describe this webcomic in the completely unhinged unstructured way that Your friend describing a manga that you have never heard of that they want you to read. That is actually 100%. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. it is very much you and Timmy on the playground and Timmy is telling you about this brand new <laughs> comic that yeah, he it's very
3: much an acid trip you need to see it man you and just need to see, see it like, this is how you unlock <laughs> and this is how you
0: unlock Sonic and Super Smash Bros. Melee if you <laughs> never did but and you gotta you gotta believe in this time. like you recognize some of the names but like
3: yeah. you just gotta do it
0: mm-hmm. and honestly that's kind of what I love about it <laughs> it is that level of just complete nonsense.
3: It makes sense, but it is completely
0: nonsense. It makes
2: sense in the fever dream of consciousness you're in. Yeah. Uh Looking at it from the
1: outside, you realize (laughs) wait, what just happened? And it's like trying to describe it. You realize how insane it is. (laughs) Bottom line,
3: everyone needs to read this.
1: (laughs) Read it. If you haven't
3: read it, you need to go read it right now. It's
0: free on Webtoon. You go, have no excuses. Read it. There's no reason not to. We've been sitting here for the past however long describing it, and we once again fell into the state of consciousness required that to read this comic. <laughs> I guarantee when this episode of the podcast actually comes out and all of us listen to it, we'll be like, what the f***?
1: The madness of Ballyhoo has taken us all already. It has.
0: And that's a good lead to our discussion questions.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: My friends, if you had a ballyhoo, what would it be and what would it be called? I have mine. Okay, Jay. Okay, Jay. Mine
3: is entitled High Contrast. Ooh, ooh. Mine would specifically be introspective to your most poignant strengths and weaknesses. And you would obviously be able to utilize your strengths to usurp your opponent, but you would also have to simultaneously combat your, your weaknesses. We-
1: your weaknesses would be magnified. Yeah. That's really cool. That's interesting. I like it a lot. I, I also have a Ballyhoo foreshadow. Ooh. This Ballyhoo, when activated, it creates a duplicate of the user unstuck in time that's just slightly ahead of them. So if you throw a punch with foreshadow, it's not like you know the foreshadow can throw the punch and then you can like do something different. It's it's unstuck in time slightly ahead of you but everything hits double it's like this illusory shadow so the weakness of it is it telegraphs your moves more but it makes you twice as strong uh you hit twice as hard I, souls boss. yeah <laughs> if someone sees it coming and they're like okay i'll just block this punch they block it and then that's then the actual physical body hits and and throws them off oh that's cool Sam. So,
0: Oh, okay. Uh, me then. Uh. <laughs> oh, did you need me to... <laughs> one, one yeah, I can, I can do it. i yeah, want Matt... go- Y'all can't
2: see it. We're going clockwise here. <laughs> oh, Matt here. Yeah, no, um, so I, I debated on mine for a bit, but I think I want to go with screen sniping. And essentially what the power would be is, uh to be able to look through someone else's eyes. Ah. Uh, like, oh. old school, when you do split-screen multiplayer, you'd screen snipe someone else to see their screen. Ah. Uh,
0: that's genius.
2: Yeah, it's not a super powerful one, but I really like well, the, like, play on the name. I has got want to create an
1: application. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the Ballyhoo itself isn't directly powerful, but used well mm. is devastating. I think
0: it would play in well with mine, actually. Ooh. Because mine is Volume Mixer. Ooh. Mine would be Volume Mixer, where I could manually control the decibel level of any sound around me. Right. Ah. Uh, make something louder or quieter.
1: Because that has combat applications, like sonic attacks, but you'd have to be careful not to hurt your own hearing. But that also, like, you can... like make... for, la-
0: for stealth attacks.
1: Yeah, for stealth as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really cool.
0: <sighs> yeah, got to get in that audio editing. So, uh, that is... The Ballyhoos, because uh, um, this, this is a great comic in that regard for... For
1: coming up with powers hey, and will, stuff. what would you power be? Um, though I would, I, I also would like to know, uh, what was everyone's favorite Ballyhoo that, in the comic that we saw?
3: Split frame. Frame, uh, frame.
1: frame by frame? Frame
3: by frame. Yep, um, okay. Popeye's.
1: That is just a really
2: good power, I like that.
3: I mean, it had to be, like, definitely framed in the fact that Popeye was, like, you know, an old-school, like, character. The fact that he was kind of, like the quote-unquote Gramps yeah. Yeah.
2: When it comes to Ballyhoo, like, I'm personally more a fan of, like, the name being really, like, a good fit. Clever. Rather than just, like, a, this is a TV name and a cool power. Yeah. So, um, Garfield's Picture in Picture, it's what it says, and that's a really cool power. Uh, a close second would be Swiper, or uh, no, Kerm's Product
1: Placement. Yeah, that's also, a great one.
2: I was gonna say. Kerm- I guess I just like weaker powers,
1: actually. <laughs> 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 well, well I, I was gonna the say. The cool thing about weak powers is that you have to apply them creatively. Well,
0: yeah, that's, and that's exactly what I was going to say. That's why I like Kerm's product placement so much because there is so much fun you can have with that sort of summon anything ability. Mm-hmm.
3: Like buying more Diet Coke. <laughs> Diet Coke is definitely something that we should be advertising.
0: <laughs> or Bethes, yes. Yes. It's the MacGyver effect. It's a thing appears in your hand. What the hell am I going to do with this? Oh. I can do that.
1: Yeah, creative applications. I really love frame by frame, and I honestly like channel a lot. It's so simple, but like, it's just really cool. But I think my favorite. It may have be carried a lot by the art that's associated with it, but Dead Air is so
2: cool. Yes, Dead Air is my
3: second.
1: Well, I mean,
2: I guess Mickey's power isn't what makes him red. It's that he's so overwhelmingly powerful. it's,
3: It's because he's Mickey.
2: Like, yeah. I mean, are, you that, really, are you really, are you really going to
3: come for him? He's like, some
2: kind of epic Mickey. Yes. Yes. <laughs> By the way. So in case definitely people haven't that game,
0: bought it's Epic definitely Mickey. Worth for, it. you have not played <laughs> Epic Mickey J. <Jay. laughs> Nintendo sponsor us while simp so hard. Send me Metroid Prime Four, please.
2: However, Nintendo, since you're not currently sponsoring us, don't play Epic Mickey. It's a waste of time. <laughs>
1: Wow, way to get us
2: not sponsored. Nintendo, if you want us to remove that audio clip, you know what you need to
1: do. (laughs) The interesting thing about Matt and I having read to Matt's current, I'm close to current, Coward King is a named arc that comes next, explains almost all of the mysteries in the series, and it reframes a lot. So I'm sort of curious as to what your guys' take on some of the mysteries associated with the series, like where the monsters came from, uh, Scoob and Shag's amnesia, stuff like that.
0: The amnesia is not as important to me as the monsters. I really want to know what the monsters are because they seem to be the overall driving force of the conflict between All of the different planets. They are the thing that has caused Toon to be abandoned. They created the conflict with Mars, and now they've been brought to Earth, and they can seem to affect people from those worlds. And I want to know what in the goddamn hell is up with that. (laughs) That is the mystery I most want answered. I am inclined to think that it is either a final stage of going crazy from having too much ballyhoo, or it is a case of severe ballyhoo withdrawal. Because the characters that we've seen turned into the monsters, and I'm not meaning to throw shade here, but it's Barney Rubble and Goofy. They are side to the more prominent main character of their franchise. There's also an implied third one in what you read. But I I don't, okay, I don't remember. Who was that?
2: Hey,
1: boo-boo. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah.
0: Oh. Another sidekick to go along with your. Yeah, yeah. Another sidekick to go along with my theory. So somebody who tangential to the
1: flow of value, who is. Main characters get most of it. Yeah. Basically the green-eyed monster. Hmm.
3: I'm just giggling off of, so I equally want to know kind of more about the monsters that are foreshadowed, kind of what their deal is. And I kind of have to kind of lean off of Sim's build and just assume that it has something to do with the side characters. I don't know. I kind of feel that in a sense, the main characters almost absorb not only the um, influence they receive from the earthlings but they also like kind of absorb their side characters it, it, I don't I don't see it as an entirely positive relationship or really conducive to anything. I just see it as all-in-out corrupting, top to bottom. It, it's just not a good look. It really, it really isn't. I don't. I, I don't mean,
1: see. some of this is like the amnesia playing into it and things like that, potentially nefarious plots. But like Scoob and Shag, like they clearly care a lot about each other. They're clearly like they're willing to die for each other. But there's a lot. But there's with not their a power imbalance.
3: There's yeah, not yeah. A power imbalance. They're like, yeah. we're friends. You get in a lot of. Sh- I get in a lot of. Sh- but I'm not trying to, like, one-up you
1: yeah. and yeah. become
3: the next whatever.
1: But there's also, like, tension in that relationship as well. Like, it's better than for others because they're not, you know. But do yeah, they even, but but do it, they it even becomes... realize
3: where the tension stems from? Right, but I exactly. mean, it, it's kind of like there's tension, but where does it originate? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Why are there shag clones?
3: <laughs> <Why> <laughs> That's an interesting question. Book. And why is... Sh- why I'm, is Scooby such a mood? I'm just saying... Why is Scooby such a dick?
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, when you have danger-prone children, you just get a bunch of clones.
3: <laughs> that part of his memory completely wiped, and he's just a dick. But even if you were to ask Scooby in this universe, why is he such a... He, he genuinely can't answer that
2: question. Scoob's kind of a dick in the flashbacks <laughs> we
1: saw in a lot of just,
0: things. But Scoob he, in the flashbacks and Scoob in the present don't seem all that different.
1: Mm. I think he is nicer in the flashbacks, but... He's also in a more professional sense. Yeah, yeah, that is is kind of the difference, isn't it? He he does
2: make fun of bugs like they're going to go... He's going to, like, mess with him once they're off duty. Yeah, yeah. But
3: is that why he's the focus? Because it seems like whether you are... You know, the enemy or the ally—you're kind of all focused on Scoop, and is the reason why because he is the one who's the most resistant to this Bollywood. This this conflict—is he just the most neutral party? Um,
0: he I, does I, Inic- I seem to be the commander with the most power, but the least corrupted.
1: Yeah, relative to the uh, madness. I
0: think, I think the
2: implication you can at least go off with what they read is something to do with the memory wiping, because that's what Mick thinks. Mm-hmm. Is. He had his memories, did that make him stop hearing the voices? Like that's what I Nick mean, cares about.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: But
2: anyway, that's Scoob and Shag. Yeah, we can keep trying to yeah. unravel this yard ball.
3: <laughs> Bottom line, so- would we continue reading? Absolutely, yes. Yes. Because I want to know what this fever dream, I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to continue on where it goes. Yeah, and... I need to
0: wake up from this nightmare.
2: No,
3: I don't want
0: to. <laughs>
2: and, and in a weird cross-pollination, me and Jacob have the same opinion on this, when normally we have diametrically opposed tastes. Yeah. But we both coincided on Shag and Scoob, which is so weird. Because Scoob what's, is
0: what's a what's Shag and Scoob? Okay, can uh, we disagree on that? We both like Scoob. And, check. <laughs> and as it was last time, we once again go from a confusing webcomic into a bit of a popcorn read, though it has been many years since I have read this. Next week, we will read Fruits Basket. What? Who is ready for some rom
2: com? Yeah.
1: I'm ready for some rom com.
2: <laughs> so, as always, um, follow Over Manga Cast on your podcast, uh, Catcher of Choice. Uh, leave a review. We really love hearing from you guys. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead and subscribe. Uh, follow us at uh, Over Manga Cast on Twitter. You'll get to see our memes. Uh, you can see those pictures I said earlier the Shag and Scoob Week. A lot of good
1: images. <laughs> the madness needs to be seen to understand. Share with your friends. Share with your
2: friends. Yeah, because if you like this and you have friends, they probably like it too.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And if not, I mean, it makes them think. If not,
1: you <laughs> <even> better friends. <laughs> that, that, is, that is how I'm told friends work, yes. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.